Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast, episode 381. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Bossed Up. And today I am thrilled to be talking all about how to push HR in the direction of diversity, equity, and inclusion in 2023 and beyond. Today I'm sitting down with Sanaa Rasul Walker from HR Girlfriends, who brings a wealth of experience to this very fun and delightful and a little frustrating at times conversation that hopefully will leave you feeling fired up and ready to advocate for more diversity, equity, and inclusion in your organization. So uh, a little background first. Sanaa is a career strategist and HR leader with a background in human resources, business, and a bunch of different industry experience, um, which has proven to be very valuable for her coaching clients. As a career coach, she partners with individuals to achieve desired results, create new possibilities, and focuses on helping business leaders, professionals, and entrepreneurs gain clarity, make good career decisions, and thrive. She's also the chief girlfriend over at hrgirlfriends.com. HR Girlfriends was started back in 2010 as a meetup.com group and has evolved into a dynamic HR community meeting the ever-changing needs of its members. So if you are specifically a woman in HR, are looking to develop your network and your career, check out hrgirlfriends.com. Lots of fascinating conversations happening there. So today, Sanaa and I are going to dive into how can we push HR to be, as she calls it, a gateway and not a gatekeeper when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So if you're somebody who cares deeply about gender equity, racial justice, all kinds of social justice issues at work, and you might be feeling a little frustrated or unsure as to what the hell your organization is doing about it in 2022 and beyond, this is the conversation for you. So listen up for tips and tricks that we can put into practice right away, as well as kind of a deep philosophical overview of what the hell's happening in HR and how in this very intense period of people reevaluating what work means to them, we can make sure not to lose sight of the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So without further ado, Sanaa, welcome to the Boss Up Podcast. Thank you for having me, Emily. I'm really excited to dive into this conversation after first stumbling across your very cool community on LinkedIn, HR Girlfriends. First, tell us a little bit about how you got into the kinds of HR work that you're involved in. Oh, how did I get involved? I like to call human resources my chapter two. Mm. Uh, Chapter one was all things real estate and property management. But like anyone else uh, who was exploring themselves in their 20s, uh, I pivoted 
And mm -hmm. I did that through academia. I went and got a master's in human resource management and I jumped into HR and I will never turn back. This is it. That's how I got started and jumped into human resources and starting HR Girlfriends was a beautiful accident. Um, I took over an ad hoc community for a woman who had no interest in keeping her meetup.com group going and offered it to me. And then mm. I turned it into a business entity that is now flourishing and we'll have our 10th birthday coming up next year in March. Congratulations. Thank Us you. too. Yeah. Boss Up's anniversary is we're a decade old in March as well. Oh, so what a that. fun Happy time. Happy birthday to you too. Likewise, when we first were chatting, I remember I was actually walking in the park when you and I had our first phone call, and I was thinking back a decade ago, what a wild time it was, right? Lean In was just getting started. Yep. Thrive, that whole conversation of workplace wellness and burnout was really hot with Ariana Huffington, and great initiatives like HR Girlfriends was coming up in that same zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've noticed that I wanted to ask you about is that we are in very different times right now. In some ways, it feels like not that many people are talking about gender inclusion like they used to be. And even though burnout is rampant, mm -hmm. and I feel like everybody's burnt out now, um, especially in HR, I came back from the Colorado SHRM conference, uh, Society of Human Resource Management conference, and the amount of things on HR professionals' plates feels Sometimes, like, it results in gender inclusion initiatives or any DEI really just being an afterthought. So I'm curious, like, you talk to HR professionals all day, every day. What are you seeing there in terms of what's on their plate, what's top of mind, and what are the consequences of that? Oh, man. What will never change for human resources is the fact that we literally juggle on a level that unless you're in it, we can't even explain it in words. I think, right? Yeah. Are there enough adjectives for it? And yeah. so we do a lot. And we are also competing with our own priorities against the business's priorities. Right. And I say competing, but what I really mean is, is while we look to take our priorities in HR and align them with business priorities, there is so much to do in HR from mm. a tactical perspective, strategic perspective that sometimes isn't driven by the organization. It's driven by state, local, right? It's driven by other federal sort of mandates that um, mm. we may not even touch what the business is doing or wants to do. And so yeah. one of the challenges with the DEI piece to it and the shift from when we started our organizations almost 10 years ago, you're absolutely right, is that gender isn't being talked about as much mm -hmm. because what's around us in society has changed. And you can look at HR and you can really tell our priorities have shifted based on what's going on in our day-to-day -day lives. And so I like to look at it that way. And I like to say, yeah. okay, so we have George Floyd, right? Mm -hmm. And his murder. And we have other injustices um, in society, social injustices that yeah. have really become prominent. And yeah. when we're talking about priority, that's taken center stage. 
it Absolutely. doesn't mean that gender isn't important. It just right. means that when we have to choose, right, where we stand in terms of our, our training, our communication, what we support, where our dollars go for HR, it's where are we at, what types of dollars are we asking for and where, what do we want to spend it on? We have to look at what's impacting right now, right? right. What are our employees going home and what pressures are they feeling now? Right. It's not, and so while I'm confident that gender isn't sort of backburnered on a permanent basis, yeah, right, I like not. I've, absolutely not. I mean, because women are still making less than men, yeah, and women are still not being treated equally um, in the workplace, and there's still not enough women CEOs, and let's not talk about minorities, right? Right. And so that's not going to to change overnight, especially with no attention to the detail. Right. But we've got to look at what's impacting us now. And it's the social injustice. Yeah, absolutely. I do find it frustrating. I'm sure you do as well that 2020, I mean, there is so much happening now in 2022 when folks are looking back on all those pledges and promises and corporate dollars promised towards racial justice work, Mm -hmm. uh, when George Floyd's murder made companies feel this immense pressure to do something and and really workers demanded action um, from our organizations. And then A, not a lot of that has happened, right? Like that was a lot of talk and we're going back now and a lot of good journalism is being spent focusing on what's happened, what's what are the actions behind those words? Yep. But then for women of color, especially feeling at the intersection of racial justice and gender justice, mm-hmm. like the idea that those two initiatives feel at odds, like they're competing for the same budget is so frustrating. <laughs> like, are we going to work on gender justice this year or or racial justice? Like that should not even be the question. I agree. But what if I told you that no matter which bucket we're discussing, mm. DEI is always fighting for the budget. Yeah. You know, one of the things I learned that was so shocking to me, you know, being an HR girlfriends or leading HR girlfriends, I began to get access to some really powerful leaders in HR and DEI and talent. Mm. Now, they were willing to have really private moment conversations with me, divulge things that they wouldn't normally, but I became their confidant, their colleague at a level that I was not before. And what you don't realize is your favorite brands are putting out PR releases that say, I'd like to welcome, you know, Blake Stanley to the organization, you know, our Fortune 500 or organization is so happy to have her. Here's her esteemed background and here's what we plan for her to do for the organization. Help us in welcoming her. Mm. What they won't tell you is that that woman who's usually a woman of color, and I'm not going to talk about the tokenism that tends to happen in that role when you're leading Mm. DEI, but that woman typically has limited budget, limited human capital support and mm-hmm. her uphill battle started way before the offer was even extended. 
when I came back from the Sherm conference, I was like, holy mackerel, y'all. DEI is not even on the radar right now because they have a talent crisis. They have mm-hmm. remote work and an engagement crisis. They have a burnout crisis. They have a compliance crisis. Like, there is so much being piled on HR's plate. How do we get them to pay attention to DEI? Especially for my listeners who are thinking, Emily, you know, Sanad, this all sounds well and good, but I work for one of those companies where their HR department doesn't value and doesn't really know how to make the case for valuing DEI. What can I do? Yeah. How can I push that HR department in the right direction as a worker to make this a better conversation with better questions, to your point? Use your voice. Don't let up. Yeah. You know, I, I've been doing a talk that I told you about recently, and I've been having this sort of thought in my head for well over a year now about how to communicate to HR so that they then can communicate to their employee workforce base about what is it going to take to move the needle? Not just move it so that we can say, oh, we've done something and that we can bullet point and put it on the website, but really move the needle so there's impact, so lives are changed. Yes. And my talk is entitled, HR has a diversity problem. But in the essence of all the bullet points and all the slides I put together, it's use your voice. We all have the ability to individually communicate what's important to us. It's no different than how we're encouraged to communicate what's important to us in the job interview, right? It's like you are told to ask the right questions, vet the organization, to communicate where you stand, where your values are. And the same goes when you join the organization. Once you're on board, you can't let up. Right. You should be talking about those things that are important to you. If diversity is important to you, those should be coming up in your performance reviews. I want to jump in there because I can't emphasize how important it is to acknowledge that as an everyday member of the team, you have more power than you think. I was just sitting down and interviewing the CEO of one of our corporate clients Mm -hmm. who's been working with us for years now. And I am putting together a case study that sort of exemplifies why they chose to work with us, Mm -hmm. how we provided active allyship and unconscious bias training for them, and how that completely moved the needle when it came to hiring, increasing diversity, and changing the culture for a more inclusive culture, even though, you know, diversity is sort of the first problem they had to solve for. Inclusion was very much the second. And one of the things that the CEO kept saying was, look, I'm just responding to the demands that my staff are making. Mm -hmm. My staff is telling me that in 2022, this is an imperative. You know, we're getting questions in the interview process from new hires about how we show what we're doing and how we show that we care. Like respect is one of their main values Mm -hmm. as a company. Mm -hmm. And so walking that walk and being able to answer those tough questions from their own workforce is what initiated making that investment. And so like almost every client that comes to us doesn't come to us because, you know, the CEO is coming to us. They come to us because a worker has said, this is important to me. HR, you need to talk to Bastab or HR, you need to talk to Sanaa because Mm -hmm. you need to care enough 
to do something. And if you don't have internal in-house expertise, you got to bring someone in who does, right? Yeah. And even if you do, I want organizations and I want the people in the organizations, the workforce, thinking about how do we do this in a manner in which has impact, life-changing impact. We yeah. spend, we know this because we hear it all the time. We spend more time getting ready for work, being at work, thinking about work. Work is a huge part of our lives, especially in North America. Absolutely. And with that much connection to our work, it's yeah. important that we have more diverse populations at work, more inclusion at work. And inclusion, I, I find that even the basics of information and education, you said it, right? Yeah. That you yeah. go into organizations at Lost Up and you just teach them unconscious bias and just the basics of what is this thing we call DEI? Right. And a lot of times, like, sometimes it's not even HR doing those things, right? It's like the volunteer 25-year-old employee who says, wait, there's no women's ERG? Let me start one. Correct. And so you just think, I do, my heart breaks for those people in that position because they have such a responsibility on their shoulders to not this up, for lack of a better word. Oh, yeah. Because if it goes poorly, and they've been set up to fail right from the start with no resources, mm -hmm. no support, no buy-in from the top, and then if it doesn't go well, then people see it as, oh, look, DE&I, not worth the trouble. Like, how do you begin to move the needle as a layperson, as a non-HR professional? Like, what can you do that's meaningful? Back to your point about impact. Like, with an eye towards impact and not optics, what can we do to help this process that I feel like we're in the adolescent period of? Like, to actually mature and do right by people and not just check the box. Absolutely. So I think we, like I said, in the, in the earlier part of our conversation, we all, we come to the table diverse. We come introverted, extroverted. Yeah. We come to the table with different varying levels of education, different titles. But what we all have that is very common is our mm -hmm. ability to contribute at that individual level, whatever mm. that means. Now, see, here's what happens, right? We can self-educate ourselves. I don't mm. need my employer or my spouse or anyone to get me connected to books, to podcasts, to get me connected yes. to the right documentaries, all the things that collectively are called research. So yeah. that I am better prepared to join the conversation. I don't need anyone to to be there to necessarily have a conversation with someone who doesn't look like me. Yes. You have to be informed. Right. I didn't just show up to this podcast out of right. the blue. I've spent the last decade becoming informed in a way that I wasn't prior to HR Girlfriends. Yeah. Now I was informed. I just had a different focal point. And so- right. Commitment to information. And that's one of the things we drive for allies when I'm training on allyship. Yeah. yeah. Researcher, right? That is one type of allyship that you can play as researcher. But then beyond research, what can you do? When you are clear about the lane that you are comfortable in, like, so maybe you're the person who is more than okay with speaking up. That's your personality. Mm. Mm -hmm. So perhaps you're going to your supervisor and HR and you're asking, what can we do? What can I do? Yeah. How can we have this conversation? I'd like to schedule time with 
X, Y, and Z so we can talk about the next opportunity. Like, yeah. You know what I said to someone at a recent conference I was at having this talk because I've been talking about HR being seen as the gateway versus the gatekeeper. Yeah. That, Tell me more about that. That's a thing. And so when we talk about the, the, the lay person in the workforce, it really does help if HR is a gateway and not a gatekeeper. Because yeah. I can give the common uh, employee all this advice, but if HR is not remaining open and yeah. not giving them a pathway to support those sort of communication and yeah. not to support their their drive, their effort, their energy, their excitement, their passion. Most employees are just yeah. passionate. It's the right thing to do, right? How about... Yeah leaving space for employees to tell their own stories. Mm -hmm. See what people I think feel like, and I understand this is that DEI feels like this big Mount Everest. Yeah. It feels totally. complicated. It feels like you need to have a, a little dangerous, dangerous. <laughs> you need a certain level of expertise to join yeah. the conversation. And that's not what I'm saying at all. If mm -hmm. you're listening to, Emily and I, right where you are, you can contribute. Right where you yeah. are, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So whether you are a maid at Hotel Motel 6 and yeah. you are, or you're the receptionist at your organization, you can mm. help drive DEI. Tell yeah. your story. I, I love what you said earlier about not just in the interview vetting process when you're weighing whether this company deserves your labor, right? Mm -hmm. You're reminding me of that quote that my, like, what is it? My ninth grade civics teacher has drilled into my head from Thomas Jefferson way back in the day who said, eternal vigilance mm -hmm. is the price of liberty. Yes. And not a perfect guy himself, but those words sort of ring true in this moment, which is, Look, just like our democracy, the quality of your workplace is in part up to you, Correct. right? If you are voting with your feet to be there, whether you're actually in the office or not, you know, you're a part of that workforce. If you don't like the culture, change it or leave it, right? Like be a part of watching it and being vigilant about asking even like making your voice heard can just look like asking bold questions, right? It can literally just say at the all hands meeting, being the one to raise my hand and say, where does diversity, equity, and inclusion rank in our priorities for the coming year? Like mm -hmm. that's a very courageous act of allyship and leadership that does not require much in the way of uh, – you know, self-education or even, or, or being an expert. So just even acknowledging the Mount Everest in the room can be a really powerful first step, can it? Absolutely, Emily. And that is great advice, right? But we've got to talk about, and you know, we're giving all this practical, actionable advice, sure. but we're still talking about human beings yeah. who, who are trying to figure out their own lives, their own careers, yeah. And while all of this stuff's important to them, it we have to acknowledge that mm. they should have allies in their HR department. They should, right. They should. And they should right. have an ally in their leadership. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
And unfortunately, I'm going to circle right back to my point is Mm -hmm. that we have a failure in leadership. We have a failure in leadership of organizations. Leaders are, while you're busy, I acknowledge that, leaders are not stepping up to the table, leaving the room and opportunity for employees to feel like they can do those things, Mm. right? Without without being marked uh, the martyr. Problem. Right, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I shouldn't feel like I'm doing something so out of the box by asking questions or wanting to hold my organization accountable for the black square you put up two years ago. Listen, but, but that's where this goes, right? It's It's like this at the end of the day, HR, we need to be a gateway. We need to Mm -hmm. understand that there is no middle line. You know, a lot of times HR gets a bad rap, rightfully so, rightfully so many times for toting the line of neutrality, right? It's like, oh, we're neutral. We, we're here to support the employee base, but we also have to be mindful of leadership. I get it. We all know who signs the paychecks. Yeah. But if we're not going to stand tall in the role that we have, we have a high Mm -hmm. responsibility in human resources. Mm. I always tell people it's while I don't save lives like a doctor, I have a huge responsibility that could be equated on a day-to-day to to someone who saves lives in the ER. Why? Because let me tell you what happens in my life in HR. I navigate cancer patients who were once my healthy employee. Now they're navigating cancer. Now they're navigating divorces and life changes. Mm. Now they're navigating the death of family members. Now they're navigating mental health breakdowns. I mean, I... As an HR practitioner and as a field, we have so much to grapple with. We have a high responsibility. And so much influence over someone's life, right? Like if you're having a bad year, what's going on at work can either make it or break it, right? Like, or it can be the source of what's driving your bad year. So it's just like, to your point, like this is, these are people's lives. This is not just like human capital management. These are real people's lives. And their experience at work, to your point, has a huge impact on people's health. And so you're right, like to wear that mantle of responsibility wisely uh, and and intentionally I hate the idea that anyone in HR is like so burnt out themselves that they can't find the empathy, you know, to extend that and remind themselves of the influence that they have over other people's true day-to-day experiences of their lives, not just their work, right? And I don't want to blame it on burnout. I, I, I yeah. you know, like, let's not blame that on burnout, right? Sure, let's just sure. say that, that that could be one of the factors. Yeah. But we also have to say that, HR also has challenges because we have the same leadership Mm. that those employees have. Mm. Okay. (laughs) And if we are challenged by that same leadership that isn't funding us with their time, their energy, their money, their support, their backing, their buy-in, it's a challenge. And so it's really one of those things where 
how do I put this? You, oh, it's funny. I remember when I was a kid. Yeah. And most of us can remember this. Fighting to get to the front seat of the car. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. Or figuring out where you're going to sit on the bus when mm-hmm. you get to the school bus. And I remember my mom or whoever would say, no fighting. The front gets there when the back gets there. Right. It's like, uh-huh. you can't, it's a cohesive effort. Right. Yeah. It's like we are on the bus. Yeah. And we need to cohesively work together so we can yeah. get there. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. please, Emily, go right ahead. Well, is it fair to say that what you're saying is we can push HR, we can use our voice, we can self educate. And if we're lucky enough to have an HR that's a gateway and not a gatekeeper, Mm -hmm. they might be fighting the good fight and running up against the same headwinds that we're running up against. So kind of to empathize with HR a little bit is what I'm hearing. Yes. And look, yes, comma, and (laughs) it can also be true that we can be the problem. Yeah. You know, like I... All things can be true. You've got to assess yeah. where you are, what your organization's culture is, and deal with it yeah. at hand. If you're yeah. working at a company right now and you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking to yourself, I identify with the fact that I have a leadership team that has priorities that are always business focused and always bottom line, and they never put any energy and focus on us, the people, by way of what's important to us. Yeah. Is that an HR problem? Mm. But I could also say that in that same organization, I have HR staff members that are clearly, not because they say it because of their actions, that they don't follow through. They aren't pushing the needle. They aren't Mm. really using their influence. They aren't coming up with creative ways to navigate the complexities of the same leadership that we're all succumbing to. Right. I can, I could honestly say that that's also true. Yeah. That's interesting. Huh? I think you're right to look under the hood. Right? You have to Make look sure. under the hood because if <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you advice as an employee of an organization, I don't want you to step out and not have looked at everything in front of you. It helps yeah. with your positioning. Yeah. Interesting. I could honestly so not talk to you all day about this, but I have to let you go I at know, some point. So I, 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 I want to, I love, I love, I love, like, this is why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Cause our first conversation felt like this too. It was like, man, the, the status of HR and DEI in the workplace feels more complex than ever. It should really, I'm sure it is the subject of many a standalone podcast themselves. Um, but if folks want to learn more about you and all of the great work you put out into the world and HR Girlfriends, the phenomenal community you run, uh, and all of your training and DEI consulting work, where can they do just that? Oh, thanks for asking, Emily. So if you want to get a hold of HR Girlfriends or myself, uh, our website is hrgirlfriendswithans.com. We are primarily uh, active on LinkedIn. You can just type us in the search bar. You will find our LinkedIn group. 
and our LinkedIn page, just connect. And I am readily available. I accept every stranger that requests to connect with me on LinkedIn. There is no criteria. So you request my connection, I'll accept. And I want to help more individuals through those processes. So if you are interested in me coaching you through those uh, problem areas, helping you find your voice, I offer those opportunities, bringing this uh, kind of conversation to your organization, helping you with the strategy for DEI. I'll help you build the case for DEI. I'll help you remind your boss why they already know the case for DEI. Yeah, thank you. But but yeah, you can find us on all social media platforms and online, and I'm always happy to connect. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your time and expertise with our listeners today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, Emily, I appreciate you having me, and I'd love to come back and talk some more about some other HR yeah. and DEI topics. Good. We're really good. For links to all the resources that Sanaa and I mentioned in today's episode, head to bossedup.org slash episode 381. That's bossedup.org slash episode 381. If you want to learn more about leveling up your leadership or speaking up assertively in your workplace in 2023, check out our programs, Level Up and Speak Up, which are open for enrollment now and kick off in January 2023. Those are the two best ways that you can help Uh, grow your power within your organization to advocate for more change. And of course, if you want to learn more about how Bostup serves all kinds of organizations, head to bostup.org slash four teams. That's bostup.org slash four teams. Join me in keeping the conversation going in the Bostup Courage community or in our new LinkedIn group. We're following the HR Girlfriends lead and really doubling down on our LinkedIn community uh, in the months and year ahead. So check out those links in today's show notes and let's keep this conversation going. I'd love to hear from you. What did you think about what Sanaa and I just talked about? What is your HR department doing? Are they in the stone ages when it comes to this stuff? Or are they doing really impactful, you know, boundary pushing work to make sure diversity, equity, and inclusion are top line business initiatives in the year ahead? I'd love to hear what is working or what's challenging you and what we can do to learn from one another. And in the meantime, let's keep Boston in pursuit of our purpose so that together we can lift as we climb.